Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I've been talking about the media landscape in Flex these days, and it will mean something to you whether you like it or not. So while I know a lot of people will cheer about this, there will be impacts to this. And so, you know, what we know now is that uh, the Toronto Star and Metroland Media is uh, you know, in talks, they say, albeit it's, I guess it's done now, with Post Media. So we're talking National Post and Toronto Sun are going to be merging and uh, they'll be pooling resources, they say, in smaller markets to uh, better serve readers. They'll maintain their editorial stances and so um, they'll, they'll definitely have their spin at the company side, but it'll also, I mean, we don't have mergers without lots of cuts and, uh, you know, dumbing down of the product. But, you know, we saw CTV lay off 1,300 people. We've seen Bell ask to stop serving local markets, and now this. And so for all the criticism of the media, some of it absolutely warranted. Uh, less news, less reporters uh, means a lot less accountability. Let me bring in uh, Jeffrey Dvorkin, former director of the journalism program at University of Toronto, Scarborough, and author of Trusting the News in a Digital Age. Good to have you, Jeffrey. Nice to be with you, Alex. Yeah, I'm here for now, um, but I was kind of reminiscing that when I got into the business 25 years ago, everyone was saying, oh boy, business is done. Good old days are gone. And I'm thinking, I think we're now saying that because <laughs> it now just seems every day there's a headline. But, you know, what's the impact? Why should everyday people care about this? Well, first of all, uh, journalists tend to panic early and often at the the prospect of change. Uh, As a a culture, journalists are extremely conservative. They hate being in the middle of change. They love reporting on it, but they hate having it done to them. At the same time, this is what used to be called convergence. Um, A few years ago, maybe more than... 10, 15 years ago, there was an anxiety attack in media about how news organizations were coalescing because they were going to take advantage of the digital technology that was going to make everything more efficient and our our reach was going to be so much greater than ever before. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen. No, of course not. What happened is, I mean, I went to the States to to run NPR for a little while When I got to the States in the late 90s, there were 10,000 radio stations in the United States. Within three years, because of digital, that was down to 6,500. And a lot of those stations were being served by a central point. So a station in, say, Casper, Wyoming, was being served by a voice coming from doing weather traffic and sports weather traffic and crime, rather, mm-hmm. from uh, from a central uh, distribu- distribution point. I'm worried that when um, uh, the, the, the star and post media say, oh, we could be so much more efficient, we'll serve people so much better, I think the track record doesn't indicate that. Yeah, well, the think- bean counters have never been concerned about the product. And, you know, Lisa LaFlem had kind of made a point of saying, like, the, the bro- they don't care about the news. And it's, well, it's true, they don't. I mean, news is wonderful for us. We love it. But it's not a moneymaker. It never has well, here, been. Here's the, th- here's the thing. 
way back in the ancient times in the 60s and 70s, there was a guy called Dick Salant who was from the finance side of CBS News. And they said, Dick, go run the news division and make sure that they're you know, not spending too much money. <laughs> Dick Salant went over to the news division and discovered that news has a primary role in democracy everywhere. And so he was called over to a meeting over at BlackRock at headquarters, and he came back. He called an emergency staff meeting. Everybody flooded into the newsroom, and he said, well, I have good news, and I've got bad news. What do you want first? And they said, well, give us the good news first, Dick, please. He said, okay, the good news is, for the first time in the storied 40, 50-year history of CBS, the news division by itself has made money without the support of entertainment and sports. And he said, and that's the bad news. Because he said for every year after that, people were going to look at the news division and say, well, you made us 6% last year. We want 15% this year. Mm. And I think that that's the news has always been a lost leader. It's always not, it's, it's, Except in a few occasions, for example, in the States after Watergate, yeah. that's when news became really 9-11. Valuable. There are moments in time in history that, that it becomes a pivotal importance. But So let me ask you, Jeffrey, because there's no question there's, there are a lot of independents out there. Some of them are very, very good. You know, Sam Cooper's got the Bureau now. There's also the line. There's a couple of out there. Are you, maybe you're a, you're a rebel or as whatever. There are independents out there who have actually done fairly well. Yep. Um, you know, and so a lot of people say, we don't need the major media. We can go to the independents. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I'm not so sure we can because I think you have to have um, places, you know, where there's editorial. Um, you know, what I do in opinion is not the same as what I did in news. They're very, very different. Like, I give my exactly. opinion now, but when I was in the field reporting, that's all I did. And in, in, that's why so many people get, well, you're a conservative. I didn't know that. Well, no, because I'm a reporter. You're not supposed to know that. But there's a blending of that now, of what's opinion, what's news. And, and that's, that's going to be a big problem. It, it, is a big, it is a big problem. And I think the issue is that news organizations, all of them, all of the so-called mainstream media, need to start looking more openly at who else is doing what kinds of stories. There's a whole culture of young people doing podcasts yeah. that are some of which are okay, some of which are not so good, but a lot of them are terrific. And if mainstream media organizations could find a way to partner with these young folks, figure out a way to monetize like, what they're doing. Get rid of old people like us, right? Well, yeah. no, we need we need we need this <laughs> News organizations need historical memory. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, at, at a time when we're erasing history, more so now than ever before, do we need the Christie Blatchfords, the, the old school? I was there. I remember what happened. So, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I was talking to someone, I won't say who, who works for a television service here in Toronto, uh, and he's working with young people, and they their memory is confined to what they can find on their smartphones. Yes. And this is becomes, you know, they were not aware of who was mayor 10 years ago. They're, they see everything in immediate terms. The purpose of people like, I think, self-serving, of course, you, you and I, is to help guide these young people. And boy, they want that guidance. I, the, when I was teaching 18 and 19-year-olds out at U of T Scarborough, these, these young people are fabulous. And they get it, but they need they need some guidance. 
Absolutely. Well, it's a volatile time. I'm not sure uh, where it's going to lead us, but certainly um, it's going fast now. So how, just uh, before I let you go, Jeff, where do you see uh, this ending up? You see the CRTC being all good with this? and um, Well, I think the Competition Bureau may have, may have a word or two. Um, it depends on, as always, what the politics of the moment yeah. are telling um, the political masters. And 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 this may be the only way out that maybe there will be some restriction on how much convergence will be allowed to happen. But the other problem is when Pierre Trudeau said the state has no business in the bedrooms of the nation. Mm-hmm. I think Justin should say that the state has no role in the newsrooms Absolutely. of the nation. Absolutely. That bailouts and all that crap was the worst thing. Oh, they could, they just destroyed it. And so, you know, people think I get paid. I'm like, I don't get paid any money. I don't want that money. But yeah, they, they just got to stay out. I, I totally agree. We'll, we'll have another conversation, Jeffrey, because sadly, I think these headlines are, are going to be part of the, the norm for the next bit. So I appreciate okay, it. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Jeffrey uh, Dvorkin, who is a former director of the journalism program over at U of T. And that's the other thing. A lot of these programs at the schools aren't even being offered anymore. What does that tell you? He's also got that book, uh, Trusting the News in a Digital Age. So that's why it matters.